With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Violate my squad, my bank, yeah. Only chance in my team like Manu. Yeah, like Manu. Manny. Ready! It defies description. Goal. How about... Martial is isolated. Skirtle here. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Moga. Um, I'm joined by Reems. Reems, how are you, bro? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Are you feeling about uh, United of late? I'm sure we'll get into it as time goes on, but you you feeling a bit more positive? Yeah, man. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Good man. Good man. Always good to have you on, on the podcast as well. Thank you. <clears throat> and we're also joined by Akka. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good to be back on, bro. How are you? Oh, we love having you on. Don't worry about that, bro. Love having love. you on. Great stuff. We'll get into it straight away because there's quite a lot to talk about with United. Uh, on Friday, uh, United saw themselves in the FA Cup third round up against Everton. Um, and I and I feel as though the cup competitions, before we maybe get into the lineups and so on, how do you boys feel about these uh, rooms firstly? I'll maybe go over to you. How do you feel about the, the FA Cup as a potential for United to win some trophies this season? I, I, I wouldn't say no to it. I wouldn't say no to it, man. It's been a while since we won anything, so... 
I wouldn't say no to a day out to Wembley. There we go. Get Look these get these get these players back into the the winning mood, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to lose any game, so nah, I wouldn't turn my nose up at FA Cup final. Exactly, and it's been quite some time since United have actually won a trophy. I believe the last time they've been on the jersey, no? Yeah, twenty seventeen. So that's I can I can't have a bill. I can't remember what I was doing all my life in twenty seventeen. Beggars can't be choosers in this instance. I'll take a every cup in any day of the week. What about you, Aka? How would how would you feel about um a bit of a push? I mean, we've got the Carabao Cup, which we're doing quite well in as well. So how do you feel, brother? Yeah, I think I've said in the past I'm taking everything I can get: League Cup, FA Cup, Europa. Any cup competition is there to be won. You lose nothing from going far in a cup competition winning it. Yeah, most definitely, bro. I'd 100% agree on that. <clears throat> so, but let's get into the starting lineup, boys. Um, I'll firstly give you who United started with. And then maybe you guys can maybe dissect where what United's approach was with, was with this. Starting with David De Gea in goal. At right back, we had Diego Dallo. Centre backs were Rafael Varane and Luke Shaw again. Loving a bit of Luke Shaw there right now. Uh, left back was Taran Malassia. Oh, centre centre defensive midfielders or double pivots were Casemiro and Christian Eriksen. On the right, we had Anthony. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point for, for numerous reasons. Uh, in the number 10 was Bruno Fernandes. Uh, on the left was Marcus Rashford. And up top was Anthony Martial. Aka, how did you feel about this lineup going into the game? What were your thoughts about Whiting Hardbrink with such a strong lineup, I guess? Yeah, I think it's just uh, Tenag showing that he means business. It's a cup competition he wants to win. He doesn't really want to hand out a rest. I think with the League Cup draw being Charlton and Everton being Everton, he probably thought it's better to go with the stronger team in this game. That, for me, is our strongest eleven, barring Shaw shifting into centre-back and Malassia left-back. I think if you bring Martinez in and put Shaw out to the left, you're going to struggle to find a stronger United team at the minute, a starting eleven for me. So it was nice to see him actually go for it. Uh, play the players that are in form, play a strong eleven. It'll be interesting to see how what team he picks tomorrow. Um, I imagine it'd be a weaker one, hopefully, because you don't want to overplay the players. But yeah, it's a strong eleven. Yeah, Ten Hag has approached some of the games where you'd think he might, he might drop one or two players or rest them, quote unquote. But he's approached them with, you know, the likes of Casemiro haven't really had a rest, for example. He's been so important to our upturning form of late as well. Um, Reeves, anything to add on that in terms of your thoughts prior going into the game? Did he do anything different with the lineup that you didn't expect, or was it pretty much? Um... I, I I didn't expect him to go as strong as he went, to be honest. But like we know for what we've seen from Ten Hag now, he isn't really a tinker man like that. He isn't really a, a rotation guy like that. It was the same at Ajax last year. Um, I think maybe because Everton a Premier League opposition, he thought maybe go as strong as possible, just gets through to the next round, and then you know we play in a League One team in the League Cup, so maybe then. It'll give the him an opportunity to rotate. So yeah, like I didn't expect him to go as strong. I thought he might try give Varane some a, a little bit of extra rest before we play Man City. But I'm pretty sure he'll he'll rotate heavily against some um, Charlton in the League Cup. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the Charlton game at some point. Um, I think it'll be important for us to talk about uh, the opportunity to blood some of the younger players, maybe. <clears throat> um, and just Aki, you mentioned Luke Shaw. Just quick thoughts on him at centre-back. I mean, I haven't been able to talk about it on the pod because I haven't been on lately, but what are your thoughts on Luke Shaw as a as a sort of deputy centre-back left-sided? Uh, I like it. I think Shaw is technically very good. He reads the game well. He's got good physical attributes as well. Um, I've really enjoyed his stint at um, centre-back. The only thing for me is that it takes him away from his primary position, which is left-back. But I think as a, as a deputy or an understudy to Martinez for the rest of the season, I don't mind it. It puts Harry Maguire in his place as well. I think this is being done specifically to show Harry Maguire that you are not going to feature in our plans. 
mm-hmm. want to play football a certain way. You ain't the one. I'd rather even play Luke Shaw there and put Malassi left back. So for that reason, I love it as well. But yeah, I mean, I've got no issue with Shaw left back other than we lose our primary left back, uh, left back if he goes to centre back. But in terms of him playing the position, the two, three games he's played, he's been very comfortable. He's played in a back three before for Ole. Um, he's always had the ability to play there. And uh, yeah, I like him. Uh, I, I like him bringing the ball out. And like I said, I don't really see many glaring weaknesses in the games that he's played, but I prefer him out left as our left back, but no issues with that centre back. He's done a solid job. Yeah, definitely with you on that one. Reams, anything to add on that? And I mean, I, I guess I'm interested to know what you think about it. And uh, we know the Dutch tend to like having the left side of centre backs with being left footed. I mean, LBG was quite similar in that reign. He had Daily Blinder or was it Rojo as well? Yeah, it was Rojo. Rojo, yeah. What your yeah, LBG was kind of obsessed with the idea of having um a left footed centre back. I guess it's to do with like building from the back and the angles that you could get passing out from the back from a left foot and we kind of see the benefit of that with like Lizanjo it's why he doesn't really play Harry Maguire there anymore um, Harry Maguire obviously who's been exclusively a left centre back has really moved over to the right hand side now um, and obviously I think he just likes the balance of having a left footer and the angles they could find on their stronger foot passing out from the back on the left hand side so obviously I don't think the Luke Shaw left centre back thing is a is a long term option but it's good to know that it's an extra option we have that we could plug him in there and he and, and like he could do a job but I think eventually looking forward we're going to have to actually find the actual second secondary left footed centre back Daily Blind would have been nice Daily Blind just went to Bayern Munich he, <laughs> yeah yeah gone to Bayern Munich <laughs> He was available for free. Um, could play left back, left centre back, DM. Like that would have been a good pickup. But yeah, I think in the summer we might, we might, we might look to pick up a, an, another left footed centre back. So I might see a couple of the guys that we have now as rotation options going out. But yeah, I think that's that's what the future will look like. Just a quick one before we maybe get into the game. I know you're tapped into the academy side of things. Uh, but is there anyone that you think could potentially be coming through that might be a secondary option, or is it? Am I well, being... um, so in the in in the summer before we started preseason, I said I really think Ten Hag would like Bjorn Hardley. So okay. he's the young he's the young left centre back we have in the academy. Um, I think Swedish youth international. Um, and I, I was like, yeah, like the way he plays, the way he passed out from the back with his left foot, I thought Ten Hag would really like him, but that hasn't really materialised. Then we ended up signing Lisandro Martinez. So, yeah, other than that, the um, the only other centre-back from the academy that looks kind of close to first-team contention right now is Reese Bennett, who's a right-foot centre-back, and he's he's very good at playing out from the back. But yeah, he's a right-hand, right-hand side centre-back. So yeah, otherwise, nothing really. Nothing really there? Cool, no problem. Mm-hmm. Right, boys, so United... Ended up uh, winning the game 3-0. Or 3-1, shall I say, sorry. Um, before we get into maybe De Gea's... I don't know what to call it, actually. I don't know what to call what he did there. Before we get into De Gea's m- moment of madness, shall I say. Um, what were your thoughts on the initial first couple of minutes of the game, Eka? Um, a great start for United, actually, to be fair. Through uh, uh, Marcus Rashford, who has been absolutely sensational. He's been phenomenal to watch over the last couple of weeks. Um, what were your thoughts on the initial start to the game for United? Yeah, I thought we came out of the blocks really quick. It was really nice to see us get an early goal. Refreshing. Um, more to Anthony as well. I think he was in need of a goal as well, having come out, come out of the team and then coming back in. Um, really, really bright start. Rashford picked up where he's left off in the last few games. The crowd was up for it Friday night. Um, sometimes, you know, you need something like that to pick the crowd up because sometimes the crowd expects to be entertained um, and the atmosphere can be kind of dead on a Friday evening. But it was, it was a good start. It was a good, strong start. Um, you know, 
the teams like Everton, if you if they don't concede in the first fifteen minutes, they make a game of it. They start yeah. Winning. So it's really important. It's very really nice to see you get, get an early goal. So uh, I really I really like the fact that we came out of the blocks quick. Um, that seems to be what Ten Hag wants down the line. Us coming out quick, uh, maintaining the press, get winning the ball back quickly, and mm. ultimately getting the goals in early and getting the job done early. Yeah, and I think importantly, I, I mean, I know a, a lot of the fan base feel very differently about some of our options at the moment uh, in terms of the centre forward with Martial, for example, and Anthony on the on the right hand side. I mean, we heard a couple of times in the game where the fans were groaning with Anthony's use of his right foot, for example. But for that goal specifically, I think it was good to see the front three combine. Martial's hold up play initially. Um, I think he then found Rashford. And Rashford obviously then found Anthony. So it's good to see those those small potential combinations as the season goes on. Reems, any other thoughts on on the initial start for United before we get into maybe the Gea's moment of madness? I I think we can't ignore the Gea's moment of madness because it happened within the first fifteen minutes. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, before yeah. the- so like before you- that, before the Gea did what he did, that was shaping <laughs> up to be a comfy three 0 Mm. 4-0, stroll, strolling apart. Like, it was going to be a comfy game. We scored early. We was on the ascendancy. Everton weren't really... Like, they, they had a few moments. Maybe Damari Gray was... He, he was in his ISO ball bag, like, carrying the team on his back. But other than that, we literally gifted them a goal and made it a game. So, like, I think it's kind of hard to speak on the start of the game without that goal because it, it literally changed the whole momentum of the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is there anything from a technical standpoint that both of you maybe can go into as to, to explain to, to the listeners why the hair, why that happened and why the ball ended up through his legs? Because I, I think, I think um, when the cutback was coming, he was, he, had, he was holding onto the, onto the post. So he was holding onto the goal post and like it came kind of quickly and he like, and and it's weird because if the gear is good at anything, it's saving it's saving with his legs. Like he's really good with his at saving shots with his legs. And it's kind of like it's kind of like nutmegged him. And because he's holding onto the post, like there's no time able, to move his legs, is there? Because he's he's... able to move his legs, like yeah. So it was it's just it was just a ridiculous, like it was just ridiculous. Like I think I think the gear has really, really bad concentration issues. Like I think sometimes he like because from a technical standpoint, he's a very good shot stopper. Like he always has been his whole career. But I think he has these moments where, like, he literally just zones out and goes into his own world. Like he wasn't paying attention to what was going on. Like, or he didn't anticipate what was about to happen, which is just poor. So basic, though, as well. I think that's what frustrates me about the hair. He could have just kicked that ball away. He could have just kicked it out. On the back of that, I saw a video of his all his errors from when he joined, and it's what you said, Reams. It's poor concentration, but it's just so basic sometimes. Like that is worse than. <laughs> Playground stuff. You would like if a five-year-old did that. I reckon I'd shout out. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think I'd shout out a five-year-old for doing that because I mean, I think he thought it's gonna go in, like he saw the, the the play towards the right. I think he felt it's gonna go into the side netting, so he's just gonna put his leg on the next to the post and hold the post and see it out. And then it sort of come t- towards his right foot, and he thought, "Oh crap!" And he, I don't know, like he had his reactions just were not there. He like I think they said like he looked like he was drunk. And he just let the ball go through. Like I think even the, de- the defenders couldn't anticipate what was going to happen next. And fair play to Cody, you know he was on the spot. But I mean that is so basic, so basic. Don't yeah. get me started. And and it's a shame because Reams mentioned that it, it could have easily allowed us to go on a hypothetically on a on a spree of two to three goals within the first half and completely write off the game. 
And in the end, it ends up being a game where we're still having to push on and try and score more goals coming from a point where it was 1-1 rather than 2 or 3 or 4 which is frustrating. Testament, yeah, Testament to United, though. I think if that happened last year, it might have been a game that we oh. lose, but it just oh. shows you how far we've come. Uh, that you know, I still thought we were going to win the game on the back of that era. All it did is just made it a bit more of an uncomfortable night. But at no point during the, during the game did I feel like we're going to go out of the cup here. Yeah, and it's so interesting because there's been a lot of talk from other fans now. Now that United fans are, you know, quite content with their manager and some of the players that have been brought in. Other fans, I know, you know, the teams that you faced recently <clears throat> aren't, aren't difficult games, aren't difficult matches. But at the end of the day, I'm comparing us to where we were last year and I'm looking at the progress that's been made and I don't think there's anything for me to not be happy about in regards to where we were to where we are. Um, I don't know if you guys would, would agree with that or not. Yeah, the fact is that people can say we've had an easy run post-Christmas, and we probably have, but we've played every team apart from Palace and Leeds, um, and we're sitting, if we win our game in hand, third in the table. we played the same teams everybody else has played. We've had good showings against the top 10. We've had good positive results against the top 10. So that, I don't buy that argument. It's not like we've just you know conjured up 35 points in the last four weeks. Um, we have played most of the teams in the league, the 90% of the teams in the league, and we have... You know, I think we've held we've our played, own. We've played the entire top 10 as well. Like, every team in the yeah, top 10. early on as well. We played them early on <laughs> yeah. by October Reams. So, so, who else are we supposed to play? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Are we supposed like, to play the whole top 10 and just play them all again? Like, there's a bottom half of the know, table like, as well. Yeah, it's, stupid, <laughs> like, it's because, and I get it, they've been so used to us not being happy with our team that, you know, and I get it. Because we're, we feel like we're, we're making our way back towards being who we could be. Fans don't like it, and I get it because I, I, I I'm happy to ask. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm a hater myself. I have hate yeah. in my heart, so it's fine. I, I get hear it. that, but you gotta give respect as well. Like it's been a, a long time since United have just swatted these smaller teams away, and that's what we've done post uh, post the World Cup. We've just swatted these teams away. We knew we we're gonna win these games, clean sheets, goals, performances, and just swatting these teams away. Um, you know, in second gear. So I, I think rival fans, you know, they can say what they want, but. What else are we supposed to do? We played everybody and we've got pretty much positive results against most teams. Definitely, definitely. All right, there's a player I'm going to talk about with you guys who uh, I'm going to admit I, I was and still kind of have got small stocks in him, but uh, Anthony Martial is our number nine, right? So prior to, prior to I think, Everton scoring their goal, Anthony had a, Martial had a great chance in the edge of the box and sort of took another touch. And that's the type of strike where you want him to put his foot through the ball, but he never really does. Everything is sort of... a finesse short is well placed and then the second chance he had afterwards was after some great work from Rashford them two again them two love each other Martial and Rashford um, and Martial had a great chance and it's the type of finish you'd expect him to bag and he doesn't bag there um, what are your thoughts on Martial since he's been back into the team you know he's now free of injury Rims how have you felt about his you know his form since he's been back in worrying okay I don't know like he doesn't like in preseason and even like before the World Cup, like when he had his little cameos, whatnot, he always he looked really sharp. He looked really agile. He looked quick. Like his his his, his touch was tight. His dribbling was good. But since we've come back from the World Cup, he, I don't know. He just looks a step slow. He looks a step heavy. Lots of loose touches. Things you don't really associate with him. His finishing has fallen off a cliff. I don't know what else happened with his finishing. Like he could barely hit the target anymore, and he's like. He used to be what he's the guy that used to over overperform his XG every single season, like without fail. Like you could always rely on him to be. But now, like when he gets his big chances, like even his goal against um Nottingham Forest, like 
like any keeper that don't have paper mache wrist would have saved that. Like he didn't even get it in the corner or anything. Like we're just lucky that Wayne Hennessy isn't the best. Like even that, even that wasn't a great finish. Like you know what I mean? It so it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know, man. Um, I feel like we play better with him because he has a good relationship with Rashford, and like he can get on the ball and combine and link play and stuff like that. But he he isn't he isn't like his he he isn't. His his finishing isn't great, and he isn't getting himself in goal scoring opportunities often enough for his finishing to be poor. So I don't know, man. And like the rest of his game that you kind of like rely on him on is dribbling, his close control, his hold up play, combination play. That's looking sloppier as well. So I don't know, man. It, it's, it's worrying. Do you think there's any maybe Aki? You can jump in as well if you feel like you want to. Is there any hope for him to regain maybe how he looked prior to the World Cup when? I know he had the odd injury here and there, but prior to that period where he used to come in and he looked quite sharp, do you think that's possible? I know we're going to talk about maybe Red Horse later on, but is there any uh, hope for Martial? Yeah, I think he can find the form. I think what we're forgetting is, I don't know how many injuries he's had this season, but injuries are a momentum breaker. Then you factor in a World Cup as well. Obviously, like yeah. he should try to be on top of form and keep fit, but it's difficult. Uh, he's had a couple of injuries this season. It's been stop-start. I'd much rather him be in the team than not at the minute. And the thing is, like, when he plays, Rashford looks better as well and the attacking lineup looks better at the minute as well. In the long run, Martial has to be our backup striker if he wants to stick around yeah. at Old Trafford. That's the long and short of it. But this year, I'm not too fussed. Obviously, his performances haven't been great since the World Cup. But, I mean, I think he can find his form. My only issue with Martial is, and it's been a running team since he's been at the club, is, like, once he knows he's, like, got the position or whatever, like, you just see, like, a drop-off sometimes, like, I wish he had more hunger in him sometimes, it just feels like sometimes he's just meandering along, like, now he, he knows that he's not going to get dropped, he's not got that kind of, you know, that edge um, on his shoulder that he needs to kind of perform, but, I, I mean, I don't see why he can't come back into form come Jan- uh, Jan- throughout January and February, it's just probably the injuries that have derailed him and the break. Yeah, there's lots of games to come for you now, just a couple of quotes from Ten Hag and Martial and then we'll maybe talk about his best friend on the pitch, Marcus Rashford. Eric Ten Hag recently said, we don't often reward player movement. Anthony Martial offers a lot of good movement. He creates space for others. His profile, the quality is so important for our game. His movements, his ball security, the pressing. I'm not sure about that one, Eric, about the pressing. He brings so much to the team. We need that profile and Marcus Rashford takes benefit from that. Uh, and lastly, yeah, he just, you know, he's full of praise for, for Marcus Rashford. Uh, from Anthony Martial, shall, we, shall I say. <clears throat> just on to Rashford then, I thought for the, sec- for the second goal we scored, that is just instinct, quality and, and a Rashford that I haven't seen for such a long time. It was great to see uh, for the second goal we scored where Conor Cody scores the own goal. Reams, how did you feel about Marcus Rashford's performance leading up to that moment where he skinned? Was it Seamus Coleman he skinned or was it Godfrey? I hope it was Godfrey because Godfrey was... It was, 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 it was Coleman. Okay, it was Coleman. No, I'll take it anyway because Godfrey was being an arsehole that game as well. Uh, yeah. But he absolutely skinned Seamus Coleman down the, down the left side, sort of chopped once, chopped twice, and a left foot cross, which was great to see. What were your thoughts on on his, his attacking there? I think he's got two he's got two goal contributions on the left wing from being able to take it to the byline and put in a strong, accurate cross with his left foot. I think that is the main part of Rashford's game that's kind of been frustrating about him as a wide player. Mm-hmm. We know he could run him behind. He know. He could do nice little combinations. We know he could cut in and shoot, but he 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 wasn't mixing it up enough going to the going down the to the byline and using his left foot. Like he didn't have confidence in his left foot. 
And now, if you've got a Marcus Rashford that is an inside and outside threat, like that's a player that's hard to stop. That's that's unguardable, you know what I mean? A guy that could... <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm with you. That's unguardable, you know what I mean? Like, So I've, the, the confidence he's showing, attacking guys, you know, Seamus Coleman, like, jinked him in, jinked him out and hit a strong one with his left foot across goal. Like, the we Anthony jinky, one... Jinky. We love a jinky me jinky, man. We love it. Anthony one, he created enough separation and, and put a ball across, like, you know, that no man's land area where the goalkeeper can't get it. You know, I don't know what Mikalenko was doing, but Anthony... You do you you did what you want him to do. Like when your guy got the ball on the one wing, the opposite winger should be hitting the back post every time. Like you know what I mean. And I'd love if those guys, Rashford and Anthony, were able to score five, six, five, six of them goals per season. Like that, that, that. Them back post tappings, Raheem Sterling, Mares, Sane, like all of them guys. Them guys used to rack up 10, 11, 12 goals a season just by by getting those little back post tappings. You know what I mean? Like that's a tried and tested formula to to, to score goals. So. Yeah, Rashford, Rashford being able to mix up his game and add that that byline cross is 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 very encouraging to see. Like that's that's him developing towards a complete forward. You know what I mean? And, and that's the development we want from him. Exactly, and I think you made a great point. It's taking his taking his game to the next level by adding adding something that you maybe didn't have before, and that's what that's what you call development. Whether that's Eric Ten Hag who has been who has spoken about. Him wanting to work with players on their on their quote unquote weaker foot, or whether that's Marcus Rafa taking initiative or both, I'll, I'll take it either way. It's great to see. He might wanna he might wanna pass some of those tips on to his fellow mate Anthony. What are your thoughts on Aka? What are your thoughts on Anthony as a whole since he's been here? And where do you think maybe he has work to do to improve? And yeah, to- I've given I've given a lot of thoughts on Anthony. Too. <laughs> so like Anthony, like I think we've spoken about it before. He. It's, it's his profile is the reason why we bought him. And you can see that when he's playing, that his profile fits the system. We look like a much better team. I went to the Bournemouth game, I think, when he didn't play, and we did look a bit disjointed. And that's mainly because... Who played on the right that game? If you, if I, if you Bruno. Bruno. And Bruno's such a waste on the right. Like, it's hard advocating Bruno as a 10. Never mind <laughs> on the right wing, do you hear me? So it was just painful watching that in front of my own eyes. Like, we didn't look like a, a, a fluid attacking unit. So Anthony does bring that balance. He does bring that threat from the right wing. Like the goal he scored, it's nice to see him just a back post tapping, like Reem said. That's something we lack when Anthony doesn't play and we've lacked it for years on the right wing. Someone actually playing as a right winger and being able to cut back in. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, at the minute, it's a, there's no like wow factor with Anthony. Like you just don't, he, he doesn't go onto his right foot. He doesn't use his right foot. When he beats his man, he turns back and passes it to the full back. You know, it's like he's doubting himself at times as well. He's trying to fit into the system. So his profile suits us and it fits into what Ten Hag wants. And ultimately, that's why Ten Hag bought him. But as an individual player, I think he's struggling from, I don't know whether it's low confidence or the skill set is not kind of matching um, what we expected. I think his biggest downfall is, is the price tag as well. If Anthony was a 40 million player, we probably don't have these conversations right now. We're probably happy with his work, four in 10, whatever it is. And we, we're not talking about Anthony, but it's that 85, 90 million that has been spunked on, you know, on the budget. But it's gone now. And that's why we're shopping in, you know, what the championship for our backup striker now. And that's frustrating because we, we blew it all on Anthony. Yeah. 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 100%. Um, and we've we've seen, obviously, the news. You know what? We'll get into that news later as, uh, as, time, as the episode goes on. Um, 
Reams, anything you wanted to add on or not? Obviously, this, the disappointing news, I guess, with Anthony is that we found that he had a car accident quite recently. That's quite sad to hear. And hopefully he's, you know, mentally and physically over any of the trauma that he would have went through. But on a, on a football standpoint, Reams, anything you wanted to add before we talk about the last goal United scored? I think um I think we've seen I think we've seen what Anthony is. Like the the only the only hope we could we, we see what he brings, we see what he doesn't bring. Um like I said against um Bournemouth and Anthony wasn't playing, we went straight back to that lopsided left hand side dominant football team that we were <laughs> for yeah. the last few years. Obviously against Everton when Anthony was playing, much balanced again, built down the left, built down the right. You know what I mean? Anthony was able to um you know, like the thing, the known thing about Anthony is like he actually has a very useful profile. Like he's just not, oh, yeah, he's just not great at it. Like there's times where he 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 he'll make run, he'll run in behind, he'll start counter attacks, he'll get himself into good dangerous positions, and once he gets there, the lack of right foot is an issue. The lack of shooting executions an issue. Like you know what I mean? Like the lack of pace is an issue like he's everything you'd want from a player like Anthony he could he 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 does it but like it's just he isn't really good enough to be a difference maker mm. if that makes sense yeah no yeah perfectly I I utter the same sentiments I think he's quite yeah. erratic technically as well They're... yeah like and I wasn't expecting that there was a one there was one passage of play he had in the second half where like he had a nice, nice bit of combination play with like Dallo and Bruno. Then he like did like a Marseille spin and turned away from two challenges. And I'm like, yeah, like that is, that is like the, that is like the flash of like quality that you'd expect from a player like Anthony. But we just don't see that on a consistent enough basis so far. So the only thing I could hope is he could take that flash of quality that he shows in them instances and just become a more consistent player. Cause I don't expect him to become like a, Mo Salah or something like that like them expectations that is isn't that but like he could still be a very useful player in a good team he just needs to iron out his game a little bit more right two yeah. questions maybe before we I can maybe I'll throw this over to you I feel like he was going to say something is there any hope for where can he improve his game then and secondly is there is there potential for him to be a a, a Riyad Mahrez liked version for you no like? no no, not on Mahrez's side. Not on no. is a better dribbler, and he's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's way more two-footed. Like literally, Mahrez is yeah. Mahrez is as dangerous on the inside as he is on the outside. Like you don't, Mahrez is so hard to stop because he could get the ball cut on onto his left foot, and then in a blink of an eye, he's chopped back onto his right foot, and he's you know what I mean like Anthony doesn't have any of that threat, so I don't see the Mahrez comparison at all. Definitely what? better making separation. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, go on, Aka, Sorry. What's really like, upset me last few games, Anthony is. <laughs> how bad his left foot has been like when he first came in the first few games like all right we know his profile we know his skill set he's not going to use his right foot he's going to cut in sort of like a robin and he's going to just hit it with his left foot and he had some beautiful strikes at goodison park etihad he got the goal on the debut and i thought you know what this could work because he's got that angle he's got the profile and that left foot seems like it's working but since then it's just sort of like even the shots he takes i just find them really tame and i just don't feel like he's you know, fully backing himself or fully backing his left foot to go and, you know, hit the ball properly and try to find the back of the net. Like, I don't know about how you guys feel about that, but I've been really disappointed. I'm, I don't mind his limitations. That's fine. If Ten Hag wants him in the team for his profile, I'm all for it. And I can see why. But what's disappointing me is 
we've got you into cutting and shoot your left foot, and then you're coming out with the tamest shots I've seen. P, P rollers and stuff like that. I think that's something. I think that's something I'm not. I didn't yeah. expect that, Reeves, because I thought this guy's got a wand after the first three, four games. I thought, yeah. you know what? Anytime he cuts in, he's going to leather the back of the net. But it's just been so tame recently. It's like, it's like that's, that's, that's why I talk about. That's why I talk about with like when he gets himself into these positions. His actual final product is is poor. But I think I don't think he's a bad shooter. I don't think he has a bad left foot. That's not something I'm worried left about. Foot. He's got so, a good left foot. Yeah, but. I think he's got a good left foot. So I think right now his crosses are poor, his passes are poor, shooting is poor. I think that's something oh. that he could definitely improve and get to a good consistent level. And that's what he needs to do to be a useful player. Like the other stuff, like the 1v1 dribbling, the right foot, the pace, that's stuff that is going to be hard for him to, 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 to change. You know what I mean? But the stuff that he's good at, he's got to consistently be good at it. Otherwise, he's just a waste. I think what's going to help him and help the player that's coming back in as well as Sancho is when Sancho comes back, hopefully, they're just going to go at it for that for that right-wing place. And you've kind of seen like Dalo and Wan-Bissaka. We've gone from a phase where, well, two years ago, we didn't rate either of them. We didn't, we didn't want either of them. But them two have been really solid in the last six weeks or since we've come back from the World Cup. Uh, Dalo's had a great season and Wan-Bissaka has risen to that. And now you've got a position which was a problem position and probably still is, but they're performing well and the competition is actually pushing both players on now. So it doesn't matter who comes in at the minute, they're both looking well and decent. And I feel like Sancho coming back in is vital for Anthony to get that kick up his ass and, you know, then they can both go for it for that, that position and they might show a bit more oomph. Whereas this season, when I've seen both of them play, Sancho and Anthony, there's something lacking for both of them. So I'm hoping that competition breeds some kind of form for both of them hopefully yeah yeah hopefully 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 Sancho can uh yeah I don't know hopefully um just moving on then onto the onto the last goal um I think it was a pass from from Bruno into into Alejandro Garnacho who's he's just so electric and he's very direct which is just something we love to see he was tripped over by Ben Godfrey and uh Marcus Rashford stepped up to dispatch the penalty and again, we don't need to maybe go, go too much into Rashford. We've spoken about him already, but it was great to see him show so much conviction with the penalty, so much confidence. Um, any thoughts on Garnacho? Um, out of interest, he's been getting he's been getting more and more minutes as the season's gone on, starting some games here, coming on as a sub. He seems as though he's one of the first options as a substitute now. You know, Ten Hag sort of trusts him to to come onto the pitch. Yeah, uh, he's, definitely, he's definitely the first attacker off the bench now, hundred percent. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm happy with that. I think um I think his impact off the bench has probably been better than his impact when he started games, because he could come on against teams that are like maybe more tired but have to push forward because they're chasing the game, and that's when his ability to run in behind and his pace and transition and stuff like that becomes more dangerous than when he's like against a settled defense maybe. So, I think right now for his development, he's getting good minutes. He's getting consistent minutes. He's getting minutes in games where we need him to make an impact. So it's not just like garbage time minutes if, you, if that makes sense. Exactly. So, yeah, like, obviously against um, against Bournemouth, when, when Van der Beek came off, he came on off the bench and made the difference, got the assist for sure. Like, so he's contributing right now. He's playing heavy minutes. He'll probably start against Charlton. Like, he's a he's an important member of the squad now and, he, and he'll be able to develop. Brilliant. Uh, Aka, any, any thoughts on on the young boy, Garnacho? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like, it's nice to see him getting his minutes. He's developing. Uh, I would agree with Reims. He, he's the first attacking sub. Uh, I think he is better as a sub as well, coming on against tired legs. Uh, his game is developing. Look, he's 18, 19 years old as well. Not many 18, 19-year-olds have that consistency uh, at that age. Only the true greats have that. 
but he's, you can see his game's developing. He's getting his numbers as well with his uh, goals and assists. It's coming. It's all coming together nicely. I think Ten Hag is managing him well. He's given him that opening and Granato's taken it. And yeah, it's, it's positive signs. Um, but yeah, I'd keep him as a sub at the, at the moment. I think he's a great understudy for Rash as well on the left. Um, and, you know, he can be a real threat off the bench and he might just pop up with a few big goals for the rest of the season. Hey, let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's hope so. I mean, I've been impressed with with his uh, his drive, his ability, his pace is electric, and he's very, very confident. As you saw with him when he demanded the ball from Bruno, and Bruno Bruno gave him some wise words. I'm not sure if they were wise actually, if I'm honest with you, but he gave him some words. Let's put it that yeah, way. definitely bozo words, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on then onto the game against Charlton. Uh, we play tomorrow, correct? We play tomorrow. Tomorrow evening, yeah. yeah. What are your hopes, boys? And maybe I'll go over to Akka. I'll go over to you again first. What are your hopes in terms of maybe how we approach the game with the lineup? I mean, I've seen that Kobe Maino, uh, Palestri and, Bo- and Zidane were all spotted with the main group again, as they have been for most of the season. Do you think there's any hope for seeing some of those boys involved? I don't think they're going to play. I, okay. don't, I, don't, I don't think they're going to play. I think uh, Tanago may ring a few changes. But I think we'll see a fairly strongish side with maybe about four or five changes. They'll want to get the job done early. They'll want to wrap it up early. We should be putting Charlton away. Like I'm talking at half time with the greatest amount of respect to them. We should be two, two, three nil up. Game over. Rest a few players in the second half. Give the minutes to the, the squad players. So I can see like uh, maybe like the give me, give me a lineup idea roughly. I mean, do you think Jack Jack Butland will make it in for tomorrow? Is it too late? Is it too short notice? I think, I think De Gea will play. They'll want to give De Gea a bit of confidence on the back of what's happened against Everton. Um, I think Juan Bissaka might come in. I yeah. think you're looking at maybe the backup centre backs playing. So it could be it could be Lindelof, Shaw, uh, Malasia, or if he's even it might even go. He went uh, Maguire and Lindelof against Bournemouth, so he might go with the with the um, Ole back five potentially. Hey. <laughs> well, Malasia left back. I think you're going to see McFred coming at some point. Right, as a double pivot. He might. I don't think he wants to start that because I don't. I think he realizes how crap they are together, starting games. So I think one of them will, might get a start. He might just leave Casemiro in there for that experience, if especially if Varane's not going to play, and then Bruno will play. Bruno always plays, and you're Bruno looking. Oh, he is suspended. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, forgot about that. And there's no Van der Beek either, so we haven't really got a 10 per se. So Ericsson, Ericsson might come into 10. Okay. Ericsson will come into 10. Um, I think he might just go with this with this the strongest front three as well. I think he might want to just get the job done in the first 45 minutes and then introduce the likes of Ilanga, Ganacho, and the subs. Um, but I think we'll see a fairly strong side. I only see like I can only envisage three, four changes, I think. I think someone like Martial, um, I know he has his critics, could do could massively do with a not just any goal, but you know, a good performance as well. So Martial starting wouldn't surprise me. Reams, any other thoughts on what Akers said in terms of the lineup? I think Garnacho might get some some good, good minutes. Um, but yeah, any thoughts? Um I I don't think he's gonna go young, young. I think he's gonna try give it give the first team guys. But like the guys that have been like fringe first team guys for minutes, I think we will see Jack Butler, of course. Juan Bissaka will play. Malasia will probably start. I think we might see Lindelof and Maguire again. Um, I I I I hope we get to see Zidane. So maybe we might see like McTominay, Zidane, and Fred. Okay. 
as, um, as a three or more like a two? two as as a, I think probably as like a three, McTominay as as like the holder, Fred and Zidane as like the interiors. You might see Kobe Mayno on the bench. Um, the front three, I'm not too sure. I think Garnacho will definitely play, but I doubt the Weghorst deal will be wrapped up by tomorrow. Like it's not wrapped up now, so he won't be able to play anyway. But um, I'm not sure what he's gonna do in terms of the front three because we don't really have much depth. We don't have much depth in the front three. Maybe you might see Rashford up front, Garnacho on the left, maybe Palestri or Lango on the right. Um, <laughs> obviously against against Everton, he. He brought on was it against Everton against Bournemouth. He brought on Elanga and played him through the middle. It was against um Bournemouth, right? Bournemouth. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. We might see that, but I think I don't think he's. I think he might keep one of the main first team guys, um, through in the front three. So maybe, maybe Rashford. I think Martial when he came off against Everton, he kind of was holding onto his groin a little. Yeah, oh, I don't know yeah. if no one else spotted that. Well, yeah, he, he, went, he went straight. Uh, oh, I think that might have been Bournemouth. One of the games he went straight. Down down. He came up against Everton and, I, and he made like he was holding onto his groin or something yeah, like that. So I don't know if he like he felt a little tinge or something. But I think I we see, might see Garnacho Rashford through the middle and then one of the Palestrio Elango on the right. I think so, Rashford is uh, definitely going to start because he's he's going for the record. I think, and he won't get. Is, any- the, is the game against Old Trafford tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he won't yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never get yeah. an easy chance to break the record. So I, yeah. I feel he's going to give Rashford as many minutes as possible to get well, that record. I do have a sneaking feeling that Casemiro might start as well. I think Casemiro plays. I think... I think Eric Ten Hag is kind of like... When Eric Ten Hag realises how important someone is, he, he, he struggles to drop them. Bruno won't play because he's got a suspension. So... Yeah. I was just thinking, Reams, you know you were saying that you expect McTominay to play deeper. I'd argue that he's actually going to play higher up. I think I, he might. I'm not joking. It's coming to my head now. <laughs> he might be the ten tomorrow. You're starting the McTom propaganda again. Go on, son. I'm telling you. No, we've seen we've seen Eric Ten Hag play like McTom. Like, 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 like a second striker. We've seen him do that. Like it was not. I was not vibing with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he might come back tomorrow. I got a feeling McTom ten tomorrow. <laughs> oh my days! That'll be funny. Oh my. Uh, cool. Let's let's talk about where calls quickly then. Um, before we maybe go into the city game. So United have been, uh, it's pretty much seems confirmed that United are interested in Wout Weghorst, um, who's uh, the Burnley striker. Target man, is it fair to say? Fair to say he's a target man. Target man, yeah. United have been in need of a centre-forward since pretty much Ronaldo left. In, it was announced late November, early December that Ronaldo was leaving, leaving a lack of options or competition for, for Anthony Martial. Um, United were rumoured to, to have been interested in his teammate Cody Gakpo. And he seemed to be a genuine target. He then joined Liverpool for 37 million, leaving United uh, interested in workhorse. Um, and he's currently on loan at Turkish club Besiktas. So United are going to have to do some dealings with uh, Besiktas as well as Burnley to ensure that that deal goes through. I'm going to leave it open to the floor, pretty much. Boys, talk to me about your feelings about this potential transfer. We know it's a short-term thing. We know it's not a long-term plan. We know we are struck for cash as well. So anything United did do in this window was almost likely to be short term there was the option of Jao Felix as well which I know a lot of United fans would have been keen on so what are your thoughts on maybe firstly uh, Akka maybe you can answer on your thoughts on Weghorst while we're going for him what he brings to the team that we maybe don't have and then the Reams I'll maybe come over to you and ask your feelings on, on Chelsea seeming to have agreed a deal for Jao Felix it's a tough it's one it's, it's deja vu man we, I don't know how many seasons we've gone in now and we're signing these top cap number nines. They're coming in 
to be fair to them, most of them do a good job when they come in. But it's it's not the name that we wanted. I'll take it on the fact that it's an it's a body coming in to the team. It's a different profile. I think the reason he is he's been bought is it's, it's what Ten Hag likes. He likes a big, tall centre forward with a bit of hold hold up play, bringing others into play, an aerial threat, um, and obviously above all else, His numbers are said to be very impressive as well. He's meant to be like a really, really, really good presser off the ball. Yeah, he's, got, yeah he's, he, not, he's not just like a big lump that you pump the ball up into. Like, no, no. he can hold it up, he could bring guys into play. He's a good technician. You remember the assist that he got against United last season when he was playing for Burnley? Burnley yeah, he, spun yeah, yeah. he spun Maguire and McTominay and did a reverse yeah. pass. Like, he could actually play, but like, he's decent. He's decent. Yeah. I think what, what taints him is the fact that he struggled uh, at Burnley. And, you know, he's, he's in essence, he belongs to a championship club. But he's got a decent record in Germany before that. And he's doing well in the Turkish league. Um, I'll take him uh, as long as it's just six months. I think I think he can do a, a job for what Ten Hag requires, and um, but it's just not the name you want to hear with associated Manchester United, and it's just that it's I don't know. It's, I just hope it's the last signing of the Glazier era, era man, because I just feel like it's getting tiring now. Like how many times are we going to do this in January? You know, get players that shouldn't really be playing for Manchester United, but somehow are. Playing for Manchester United. Is there anything you wanted to add? I mean, I have some some interesting bits from the Athletic here that I could read out, but maybe you might have a better on red cost. Yeah, just any any thoughts, really. Um, well, we know where we are in terms. He doesn't. Of- him bringing in him coming in isn't a negative thing. Like we don't. We have one striker on our books right now. It's Martial. He's not. He's not the perfect striker you know what I mean like Weghorst comes in like I said he, he gives us a different profile he gives us a different way to create goals to score goals someone that could occupy the centre back someone that could be an aerial threat from set pieces in open play it gives us gives our, our crosses a target a lot of the, a lot of the time they don't have a real real target to aim for um I, I, I if you assess the circumstances behind the signing it's okay outcome like you know what i mean like it's not a good i wouldn't say it's a good outcome i wouldn't say it's a great outcome like a uh the the main thing i don't like about this deal is if we get weghorse the team he currently plays for will bring in vincent abubakar to replace him which is a player in my opinion mm-hmm. that would be a better option than weghorse i've heard you speak about him quite a few times actually in the in the group chat so i think yeah, so i feel like abubakar right now is a free agent because he's left Al-Nassar because of the cristiano ronaldo deal it's a more it's a it's a it's a simpler deal than the Veghorst deal because there's so much complications behind the Veghorst deal because he's currently on loan at Burnley. He's currently on loan from Burnley, sorry. So you literally his the team that he's on on loan at has no incentive to let him go. So you have to incentivize them. So you have to pay them money to let him go. Have to give him so, compensation, man. Yeah, so it's a complicated deal. Like um Abubakar is a free agent, he fits the profile of striker that that we could use. And he'll still be a, they're the same age. He'll still be like a stopgap. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, my only apprehension towards this deal is I feel like we could have maybe, there's, there was options out there that we could have got that would have improved us. I don't know if Veghorst improves us, but like, he doesn't make us worse. Like, he gives us another option. So, yeah, it's just that. I think like Abubakar, Memphis Depay, Zhao Felix, all those guys maybe could have taken us up another level. But Veghorst is just going to keep us... It's just going to give us a nice option. Even if, like, we're, we need a goal, 
He's someone like you could bring on, pump the ball into, he could get his head on it. If Martial can't play, like he'll come in and he's like, he's a Premier League level striker. He's a starting Premier League level striker. And I'd say he's a top half starting Premier League level striker. So it's not, it's not, it's not a terrible outcome, but like, I feel like if we, if we were a little bit more clever, we could have got a better one. And I, I say that a lot about United's transfer dealings. <laughs> yeah, I think you've pretty much summed it up quite well there. Um, let's see what happens in the next couple of days. Before we move on to the, maybe the City game coming up this weekend, and then we'll do some listeners' questions. Any feelings on the news this evening from David Ornstein that Chelsea seems to have wrapped up a deal for Portuguese forward Jao Felix? That's open to the floor. Um, yeah, Chelsea are just vibing, man. Uh, the American they got, he's just... He's just his plan is just sign anyone that's getting a bit of traction to any of the rival teams, and hopefully Graham Potter can figure it out. Like Chelsea, the Chelsea signings, it don't matter. They don't sign anyone for balance. They don't sign anyone for profile needs. They're just signing, <laughs> and like uh-huh. if you throw enough shit at the wall, maybe something will stick in it. So yeah, um, I don't know why Jao Felix will go to the way they've the way like they've presented it is like Jao Felix has been tempted to Chelsea by their project or something like that. I don't think it's that. I feel like the Chelsea owners have just decided we're willing to pay what Atletico want. Like United and, and Arsenal are trying to haggle. And Chelsea are just like, yeah, cool. If that's what you want, we'll pay it. So I think that's really what's put this deal over the top. And I think Jao Felix just wants to get out. He wants to get out of Atleti. Chelsea isn't a terrible outcome. They're a big club. He's going to get his full wages. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to finish top four or nothing like that. That's not his business. Like, it's a six-month loan. Like, by the time, if he plays well, he'll have his he'll have his fair share of suitors in the summer, you know what I mean? So, well, from probably, his perspective... Probably a better perspective, window for him to move on as well, right? Sorry? It's probably a better window for him to move in terms of in the summer rather and than... It's 100%, 100%, because um, he could, he, he really, he really just needs to build his stocks back up. Mm-hmm. And if he builds his stock back, stocks back up, he'll have more options in in the summer, you know what I mean? And this is could be good for Atleti as well, because if he plays well, Atleti could even de- demand more more money in the summer. So I, I guess I guess I kind of get it. If like if United and Arsenal aren't willing to pay up, then they're just going to have to hold that in it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Chelsea are, so yeah. And I think maybe if United were in need of a second striker slash 10, that might have changed their mood in terms of who they were going to, in terms of maybe targeting Felix and thinking, fuck it, it's worth paying the 9 million loan or 13 million uh, euros, I believe it is, for, for the loan deal. But we it's need... A, it's, financially, it's a terrible deal. Let's, mm. let's, like, there's no way there's no way to spend it. To, a six-month loan, you're spending 20 million euros on a six-month loan. That doesn't... There's no there's no one that will say that's an econ- economically viable deal. You know what I mean? So um, you only do that if you're just vibing or if you're desperate. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, but like it, it's something that could end up being beneficial. The one that's the person that's going to benefit most from this is Jao Felix. Jao Felix, so yeah, yeah. So, I hope he does. I like him. I think he's a talent. Yeah, he's a, he's a great player, man. So Chelsea, get, Chelsea are getting a great player. Like there's you can't you can't you can't knock them for that. Like the players that they've brought in in this window are all good players. Like Badia Shile is a good player. That that Fofana kid looks interesting. And Jao Felix is a great player. So and they, this is a team that don't score goals, don't create chances. So you're bringing in a great playmaker. It's just we're just it's just going to be a bit awkward to 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 fit the players that they have in the squad together to make a coherent team. But I guess we'll see. He must be coaching at least thirty five bodies. Anyway, not not our issue. It's not our issue. Let me move. He's coaching no one, man. No one's right, 
Firstly, the pi- the picture of anyone can see is a complete accident. But leave my guy alone. Potter's a good coach, man. Maybe maybe it's a big step for him. Maybe he needed another mini step in between. But that's a good coach, man. He might have just been a too big a job. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how it, how it goes. We've got Eric Ten Hag anyway. That's all we need to worry about. Boys, City this weekend, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Um, what I'm really intrigued about with this game is, and maybe Ak, I'm going to come to you first on this one, is... Uh, before we go into lineups, how do you see tactically Eric Ten Hag approaching this game from a standpoint of do you see it being very similar to Arsenal, where we weren't necessarily pragmatic when we had the ball, we kept it and looked to play, but you know, we they did dominate a large majority of the game, which is just being very, very proactive and looking to stamp our authority. Uh, I think he'll he will show respect. I think in the reverse fixture, he was very, very naive and a lot of pressure built on the back of that defeat as well, because it was a hammering. I think he, that day really highlighted how naive he was. Like he should have played Casemiro, he didn't. Um, he tried to go for him. He's very open, and we just got pulled apart in the first forty minutes. I think he will have learned from that. The best way, I mean, Ole used to have a good record against City, and it was simple: you sit back, you soak it up. We're not here to assert ourselves, and you sucker punch on the counter. And City's got the weaknesses to be exploited on the counter with the way they play. So I, I can't see Ten Hag going toe to toe. It will very right. much be, we're going to sit in and we're going to try to, I hope, I think that's the only way that we can play to, to get the result on Saturday. If we stand, like, go toe-to-toe like we did at the Etihad, it's going to be a massive relief for Haaland. Okay, perfect stuff. Interesting. Um, I'm just intrigued about how United approach it. Um, I mean, we are going to the F- We're going to, no, we're at home, right? We're at Old Trafford. At home, yeah. <laughs> He's got something for Pep. I've got a feeling. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of that too. I've seen a lot of stick talks. He does though, like even like when we played Chelsea at the Bridge, I was confident because I knew he had something for Potter because of what Potter did to him on the first day of the season. Like it just strikes me like the manager when he loses or when he gets it wrong, he makes a little note of it. So the the Potters and the Thomas Franks of this world are going to get what's coming to him. Is, is, is that also from like a perspective of not just oh I'm going to get get my get back, but more of a Okay, I've learned from my mistakes. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's his own personal development. When somebody has pumped him or when somebody he's, he's been thrashed by, personally, he's you can see it hurts him and he takes that personally and he makes a mental low. And I, I just feel for that reason. I've just got a feeling we've got something low. Cool, man. Perfect stuff, bro. Um, Reams, where can you see maybe we can talk about how we see City down that place, but how do you see United approaching the game from a lineup perspective? And how might the lineup then affect our approach to the game? I think we're I think we're gonna go with our normal strongest team. I I probably like I think we we probably need a bit more intensity in the midfield. You know, we every time we come up against an athletic midfielder, we seem we team we seem to struggle. We struggled against Mateus Nunes, struggled against Onana, against Everton. Even Philip Billing was getting some 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 joy against Bournemouth. We're gonna struggle against Kevin De Bruyne like we did last time, especially if we put him up against Christian Eriksen again. So, oh, I think, ooh, so it's I a think, mismatch. It's a mismatch. Yeah, that's a mismatch. So I think we need to start Fred instead of Eriksen. We need to start someone that could press them on the ball, that could put their foot on the ball, defending transition, mobile, could win the ball back. You know what I mean? And then we got we got when we turn them over we got to be quick and decisive in transition that's how we're going to get joy against this team and we have the players that could do that we have bruno who could pass in transition we have rashford who's a transition demon we have martial who could combine on the break we have anthony who could run in behind you know what i mean so i think we're, there's not going to be too many surprises but i'd like to see the casemiro fred brazil pivot because 
We're not gonna have. We're not gonna be able to control the midfield. We don't have the players to control the midfield against a team. Why not, Fred? Anyway, Ericsson, you could argue would be somewhat of a waste being played in that kind of game. Would you argue? And Ericsson, yeah, because Ericsson's in the Ericsson's in the game to help us build and control and control teams. We're not gonna be able to do that against Man City anyway. Like you know what I mean. So you might as well play to like the strengths of what could hurt a team like City. City right now are garbage in transition. Like they can't defend. Like. Every every we've seen it with Damari Gray, even like yesterday against Chelsea, Amari Hutchinson, like they could be got at, you know what I mean? But if you want to try to get cute midfielders that's gonna try to get on the ball and play, like Ericsson is bad on the pressure, he's bad on the intensity, he can't defend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see what he's really gonna bring in a game like that. Whereas Fred, he he has good games. He, Fred plays good against City most times, like, especially on the Ole, like he was really good when we played against City, you know what I mean? So I think that's the that's the that's the one change I'd probably make. Okay, perfect stuff. Um, and just lastly, then in the open floor, how do you see us maybe neutralizing some of City's strengths? I mean, City seems to have deployed Rico Lewis as the right back, but he's more inverted now, so it helps them overload. And I think that's the thing to because they've lost their false nine, who they used to have, and Haaland is a lot is an extra body up front, but less less of a body in in the midfield area. So, how can you see us maybe counteracting City's strengths? Well, we, we we got to match them for intensity. We got to match them for intensity, and I think that's something that we can do. We have the personnel to do that. You know, what I mean, we got doggy players. We got Lisandro. We got Casemiro, Fred. You know, what I mean, like we got to match them for intensity. We got to put them under pressure in the midfield and get them to turn the ball over in dangerous areas. You know, what I mean, and then once we do that, we could we could we could attack them. Um, I don't think City are as dynamic a team as they usually are. They don't have them dynamic wing threats that usually leads to them getting a million cutbacks. Mm-hmm. I think they got to be a bit more clever, a bit more cute these days to create chances. You know what I mean? I think they're a bit more open at the back because yeah, they, have, they have to push. They have to push so high up the pitch now to get that superiority that they like having. And like they played their flipping fullbacks in central midfield, so they're gonna be open. Like, so yeah, I think there, there's avenues. There's avenues to hurt them, and we we've shown that we could do that in the past. So, yeah, we just got to be smart about it. Perfect stuff, fellas. Thank you for that. Anything, Aka, before we go to some listeners questions or? Any yeah, thoughts? I just I just think we just need, it needs to pick the right team on the day. I agree. I think Fred should start. He got the midfield wrong last time against City, so <clears> hopefully he just gets his selection right. Um, and another thing as well is like City are open, and Rashford's in the form of his life for me, so they're going to be scared of Rashford as well. So we need to use that, use that to our advantage and just let get the ball to Rash and Martial as much as we can and let Rashi eat. Because I think Rashi can cook whoever plays out on the right for him, whether it's Walker, Lewis or um, Cancelo or whatever. I think they, they're going to be fearing Rash. And, you know, if teams are fearing that player, then you've got to get the ball to that player and just allow him to be free and um, match their intensity. Like, like Reem said, we need to go toe-to-toe with them and get pick the players that are going to fight for the ball on the day as well. Even like the likes of Dallo, um, you know, people like Dallo get the crowd up, and that's a big thing when you're playing playing in a derby at home as well. Um, Luke Shaw will be up for it, so it's just picking the personnel that are ready to, you know, have that dog in them, and get, ultimately we'll get the result. And we've got a good record against Pep City in recent years, and we just I'm I'm hoping Ten Hag's using that to uh, looking at them results and making sure that we we can take something from Saturday against them. Brilliant stuff, fellas. Love the comprehensive breakdown. That's what you get here at Mugga. Uh, if you're a United fan, you only get the best quality here. So let's go into some listeners' questions. 
Um, we've got about a few to get through, so let's let's get it cracking. Uh, shout out to Shenny Boy for the question. I'm sure he's a long time listener, and I'm sure he used to follow each other on socials when I was on the Twitter on the Twitter sphere as well. <clears throat> he's asked, seeing that ETH can improve players that we thought were done, e.g. Dallow, Shaw, Rashford, and slyly Aaron Wambasaka recently. What players do you want to see improved, or who are you ready to bin? Uh, Reem, as soon as you've got your mic on. Oh, I'm ready to bin a bunch of them, man. <laughs> um, player... Who do you think he can improve, and then maybe just go um, for the... So, hopefully, Anthony, we can see some, like... He's, he's 22 years old. He's in his first season in a new league. It's a massive step up. You know what I mean? Like, as Tenog said, the, the, the shirt weighs heavy on lots of players. I think Anthony Lee's a player with lots of personality. Like, yeah. I, think he's, I think he's a confident kid. I think he's a determined kid. So, I'm hoping we can see some some big improvement with him over the next few months. Um, Outside of that, there's no one else that I'd really... I, there's no one else, really. Like, I and think... Not even in a negative way, but obviously as he just continues to progress as a player, you're going to hope to think that he can be the type of winger ETH would want in his side. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think everyone else, we kind of know what they are. McTominay, we know what he is. Bruno. I think Bruno's shown some signs of improvement under Eric Ten Hag. Like, the CTE is still there, but like it's calmed down a little bit. We know what McTominay is. Recently, you know. Huh? I, think, I think recently it's, it's crept back in. It started to, innit? <laughs> um, but nah, that's all. It's all right. So it's not as bad. It's not. It's not as bad as it's not. It's not as bad as it's usually been. We know what Marshall is. We know what Fred is. We know what Ericsson is. We know who Lindelof and Maguire are. Wan Bissaka. Like, there's no one else really. We just got. We, we just got to make sure we we sign the players that he needs. Really, like this this squad. We've seen them. We've seen them. It's not a. It's not a new squad. Like you know what I mean. We saw them on the Rangnick. We saw them on the Ole. Mm-hmm. Some of them we saw them on the Jose Mourinho, like you know what I mean. So, yeah, we know what it is. Cool, good stuff. Um, next question, then. Uh, Aka, out of Memphis, Weghorst, and the Bubakar, who would you like United to sign? Ooh, uh, I personally would have liked Memphis just due to his versatility as well. Um, and just due to, I think Memphis has the most out of them three players. Um, and he could just bring a little bit of quality that we need to the attack. Whereas I think the other two are more stopgap um, <laughs> options, with the greatest amount of respect to him. I know that I know they're out and out number nines, but they just seem like more stopgap. I just feel like Memphis could have brought a bit of personality and character as well. Saying that, I've heard you can't take anything away from the other two as well. They're supposed to have fantastic personalities, um, but I would have personally preferred Memphis. Uh, Memphis knows the club. Memphis has got a deep lying love for the club as well, uh, which you still see to this day. So I would have preferred Memphis. And I don't think it was an overly hard deal to get done as well. Okay, good stuff. <clears throat> um, question from Jay Gums 91 What are our realistic goals and expectations from this point moving forward in our current form and league position? Uh, Reams? Um, I think this January, I don't think. I think other than Wegforce, I don't think there's going to be much more. So we've brought in the extra body we needed up front. I think what we have is what we're going to use for the rest of the season. So I think with that in mind, I think our most realistic objective this season is top three and hopefully a trophy. I hope we could beat Barcelona, get the Europa League. I'd love to get the Europa League and maybe um, 
one of the one of the domestic cups. So maybe top three and two cups. I think that'll be a successful first season for Ten Hag. I don't think <laughs> we're not we're not gonna, we're not going to win the title. Like we just don't have the quality. Like you know we're well coached. We're more organized now. But <clears> the, the, day, the team with the with the best personnel usually end up winning the league. Right now, Arsenal. Just like us, they're a good team. They're well coached. All their best players are having great seasons. They're way further ahead in their process than we are. They're three years into their process. We're six months into their process. We're six months into our process, sorry. And Man City have all the best players in the league. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be out of them too, really. So, I think us and Newcastle will, will battle it out for that third spot. I think I think we could pip Newcastle to that, I feel. Um, you like yeah, Liverpool? What about Liverpool? Yeah, you who, who's that? <laughs> who, who are they? Let's not who take the piss. <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> They're done up. No, man. I just think like Liverpool go on long winning runs like Klopp normally gets it right. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna skip over Tottenham and go straight to Liverpool. Well, Tottenham's Tottenham, isn't it? <laughs> who's Tottenham, man? <laughs> I, I just feel like I, I I do think you're right. I think Newcastle United are favourites for third. But Liverpool, in, in the stretch, when it comes down to the stretch, they go on some phenomenal runs. I know their midfield's light this year and they look a lot more susceptible and open. But When was the last time Liverpool looked good, Aka, in right. your opinion? Like, when was the last yeah. time Liverpool was like, yeah, these all look good? No time this season, yeah, you're right. But... <laughs> They've had the odd game, I think, but their games you'd expect them to win anyway. On a general basis, they just look so open. It's bad. It's yeah. terrible. They look the, uh, the next two games are just huge for our season because, well, it's three now because the Palace as well being put in the middle. But I just feel like cause we've got we've got a seven we've got a buffer on the other teams at the minute. Well, that could be gone come you know six o'clock against Arsenal uh, at the Emirates. We might lose but both of our next games, or we might just take two from you know six points um, from them uh, City and Arsenal games, and then the you know it, it's just for me the next two two to three games are just huge for our season. They're going to dictate. Uh, you know how far we are from where we want to be, what mm-hmm. we're fighting for this year, how it's going to be, whether it's going to be plain sailing to top four. Right now, it feels like top four is plain sailing, but the next three games might derail derail all our momentum that we've got, and then we're back to square one. We're in a we're in a dogfight for top four. <clears> all of a sudden, I do think I do think one thing I've noticed of us this season. Sorry to interrupt you, but one thing I have noticed is that when we have lost the game, it's not completely. Oh, Aka's gone. What's happened there? Well, whenever we have had difficulties this season, we've bounced back quite well, Reams, don't you think? Yeah, like from our last was our last loss on Aston Villa, bounce. We haven't lost. We've won every game since. So yeah, um, and that was a terrible loss. Like that was a that that that's that's a loss that can't even be explained, really. So yeah, um, I think we bounced back from from City. Went on a winning run after that. We went on a winning run after the the Brentford and Brighton game, so I think we've we've shown lots of resilience this season. So even if like, even if we don't get the results we want against City and Arsenal, I don't think it's like the end of our season or anything like that. Really, like our objective is top three. Like we're being in a title race, <laughs> six months yeah. ten hogs process is just not realistic. You know what I mean? So as and, and I think we've given ourselves a nice little cushion over over Tottenham and Liverpool as well. Like what are we like five points clear of Tottenham? Yeah, seven of Liverpool. So we've given us up a nice little cushion, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, as long as I, I, I even yeah, even yeah. if we even if we drew both games, I'd be I'd be okay with that. Like, you know what I mean? The table don't lie as well. I think Newcastle and United are the hardest uh, from the rest, the hardest to score against, and that's what Ten Hag's done. That's why we're not we're not going to go on long losing runs. Mm. Hard to score against United. We've got the second most clean sheets in the league, I think, which is mad. So Very we've bad. conceded twenty goals, and thirteen of them has been in, I think. Three games. 
Crazy. So that says it all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, we're, 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 we're a little bit better than our defensive record shows, right? Or a lot bit better than a defensive. We're, we're really good off the ball now. And we've, been, and we've been bad off the ball for a long time. So I think that's the main thing Ten Hag's changed. Perfect stuff, fellas. Um, and I, just uh, just to add on to that, I need us to beat Arsenal just for some bragging rights. It's always great. That, it would that. be amazing. It would be amazing. Just to, just to you know, their title hopes, just to put a dent in their hopes. That would be beautiful. You know what? It'd be, just be lovely to beat both of them and just let them know we're coming next. No, we, if, no but listen, 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 listen. If we beat both of them, then things start getting a bit awkward. Because <laughs> if we beat both of them, then we can't deny that we're in the title race. <laughs> like, you know the thing is, if we beat both of them, I, for me, I think we're going to be sitting there come that Sunday evening against Arsenal, we're going to be uh, potentially ahead of City and we're going to be four points, maybe less with the game. Mm-hmm. And, and we play Arsenal on the 22nd of January, so that still gives us, like, what, eight, nine days to, like, if we beat both of them and we're in that good position in the table, maybe the Glazers might make something happen. I don't know. Like, I, you know what I, mean? I mean, I thought as well. I think if, if it comes to 20... And we've got Palace in there now as well, though. Yeah, that's, so, on, the, that's, on, that's on the 18th. Yeah, that's a must win, though. We have to win that game. There's no point. I think, that, I think them sandwiching them palette that Palace game in the middle of them two games is is low. Is is a bad because of the schedule, but like, at least like, say if we lost both games, at least we wouldn't lose two games back to back. Like, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, losing two games back to back is terrible oh, vibes. <laughs> but if I'm telling you now, if United win them three games in that week, all hell's gonna break loose. You try <laughs> telling me we're not in a title race, then. <laughs> Love it, Akka. My right, last question, then I'm. Um... If it involves the reported wage reduction, does giving DDG a new deal make sense? Who would you like us to see sign to challenge next se- challenge him next season or even take his place? You want to take this one? You want, you want me to take this one? Um, would De Gea like? I don't know, man. I, I think... He, oh, question. I'm going to change the question. Like, has De Gea shown enough that he can be an Eric Ten Hag goalkeeper? Not for I would, me. I, I would say no. Yeah. I think I wouldn't, I would, you know, listen, it dep- he was like, the guy has been on a great contract for like the last, what, five years. Like he's made his money. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's why he knows he's not worth what he's getting paid. He knows he's the highest paid goalkeeper in the world. He knows he's not the best goalkeeper in the world. So I wouldn't be mad at him re-signing and assigning a keeper that's good enough to take his place. So like a Diogo Costa or something like that. Having two, starting quality goalkeepers, I don't think is a terrible thing. We've seen that a lot. Well, I want to say a lot. We've seen that in recent years. Like, I remember when um Real Madrid had, like, Keylor Navas and then maybe, like, I forgot who the other keeper was. When when, when um Barcelona had Ter Stegen and, like, Claudio Bravo and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, they had their long-time goalkeeper and they brought in a new, younger goalkeeper that they knew was going to take his place eventually. We've seen Chelsea do it with Peter Cech and Thibaut Courtois. Even Arsenal doing it with like Ramsdale and Leno, like we've seen teams bringing a goalkeeper that's good enough to displace their number one goalkeeper currently, and then get better for it. So I wouldn't be against that. Like, and if we renew the Gea and like say we bring in Diogo Costa and he comes in and takes his place, we could sell the Gea. We could sell him for money because he would have renewed his contract and he would be on wages that isn't astronomical. Like you know what I mean? So I, I'm not. I'm not against that. And if we bring in Diogo Costa and he's terrible, then we can still play the gear. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against. I, I don't think I'm against the gear renewing if he's going to be on sensible wages. Akka, any any final thoughts? Yeah, I just have to agree with that. I think you know it makes sense to renew his contract and then sell him for a fee down the line. 
and ultimately slowly phase him out. De Gea, for me, is not a Ten Hag keeper. He's not really shown enough to be a Ten Hag keeper. But we have other glaring issues on the pitch at the minute. And we had the other glaring issues with the summer that's gone by. So we've got to address them first. De Gea can just do his thing for now. Um, he is a great shot stopper. So that is ultimately, you know, we get lost in sometimes what we want keepers to do and stuff like that. De Gea is, you know, he is a shot stopper. He, he can play a role. He's an experienced head as well. I think it'd be nice as well for De Gea as well if United get back to a level of where they've been under Ten Hag previously, if they get to that level with Ten Hag, De Gea will have been their full journey. He'll have been there from Fergie all the way, all through the, all the idiots, all the rubbish, <laughs> all the yeah. nonsense, glaziers, <laughs> new owners, everything. And it'd just be nice for De Gea to hopefully collect a couple of medals. Yes, yeah, I agree. It would be nice for him to end his, end his United career with a few trophies. He, he, he was great when we were terrible. Yeah. And, he, and he stuck with us. He stuck with <laughs> us. Yeah, he stuck us with us when we were absolute dog shit. For that, I mean, right now, like, De Gea really infuriates me, but he is a legend of the club, and I can't forget what he's done for the club, and I want to look back at it time finally. I think he deserves a few medals, be it as a squad player or as a second keeper. Uh, he deserves he's a new contract. He's one league title with us. That is such a shame, isn't it? Pete, man, that's great. And he's been, he's been a great servant for the club as well. He's, I mean, I was deep in other... I think it's been 12 years since he signed. Crazy. That's mad. Crazy. Like, you know, like, I was a kid 12 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a mainstay of my like you know adult kind of United life. So it would be nice for him to just stick around for another year or two as a backup keeper, as a wiser head in the dressing room, yeah. and picking up some medals hopefully. Perfect. Well said, fellas. Absolutely well said. Well, that's Mugga roundup uh, ended ended for today. Akka, thank you for your time. Uh, thank okay. you for joining us on the pod. I'm sure we we'll see you again soon. Reams, as always, always a pleasure. Good to have you on the pod, my friend. Love uh, guys. Make sure you follow TF, TLF, TLF Mugga on Twitter. Hashtag Touchline Frackers as well. Drop us, drop us a follow on both both accounts. Uh, we, we, we will be back with some Patreon content for sure. We're planning some stuff. We're just working around how, how to make it happen. We want to do lots of good content, but we want to make sure it makes sense before we get that out to you guys. So stay patient with us and we'll hopefully get that to you guys very, very soon. And we, we will be back next Monday as always. Or oh, next Tuesday? Yeah, next Tuesday. So hopefully we'll be speaking to you from a, a Manchester United victory over Man City. Thank you guys for joining us. That's the episode over and out. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team, like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U.
Thank you. Man, bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.